hour number two of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson, and we are pleased to welcome back to the program the one, the only Vince Ferrara, who joins us. You can always find Vince's views at sportsradiownml.com because he shares a lot of them. Vince, how are you? <laughs> I am good. Now on the on the website, on uh, you can find it on iTunes or anywhere you find our podcast, the Vincenzo's View podcast. Oh wow! So a lot of the interviews that uh, that I do and the hours like this one when I'm on with you guys, that's on that Vincenzo's View podcast. So you can uh, load up on that, find it on iTunes. How was the chance to uh, to swing by the? Uh the homestead for just a couple of days and after you covered the tennessee florida game in gainesville how's mama ferrara doing these days she's great i appreciate you asking and you know obviously it was always fun when you know families together and seeing jocelyn just continue to my my niece just continue to blossom into uh, an actress and she's in the band at uh at the local high school one of the local high schools sickles and um She's just so sports is now more involved in her life now. So she's like she's experiencing Friday night high school football also. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. So just seeing the performance in her, she doesn't have that from her parents or neither one of her parents are really performers. I have always talked in front of people and loved and did acting uh, at one point, too. So seeing her just have that personality, just not be afraid to just talk in front of people and just be so outgoing. I see me in her, which is which is so cool, and just like parents, it's it, it makes you proud. So that it was very enjoyable, very short, but I knew what I was getting into, but worth it. Well, fantastic! So glad to hear that they're doing well. And uh, you took a long look, and goodness gracious, it's not um, it's not for every Tennessee fan. Just for the fact that this might feel like they're being beaten over the head with a two by four, but you took a hard look at what has been. Tennessee's path the last 18 SEC games. It is not a pretty picture in orange and white, is it? No, and it certainly wasn't intended to be that way. I know that's not what you're saying. Correct. But, uh, it it really highlights just how few and far between the SEC losses have been and how long this has gone back. It's stark. I mean, it really is. Because you might just, I think sometimes there's the selective memory where you just kind of look for the fence posts. And if it's a program that's going through a very rough stretch, as this one has, then sometimes your brain catches those bright spots. But it really is something to see how long struggles have been in position and how long it's been. Uh, Jimmy, we've talked about it since Tennessee was able to put together a winning record in SEC play. Yeah, they. I guess in the last 10 years it's once. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, that's not good. Uh, this, this program is... Um, obviously struggle mightily Vince these numbers the thing that strikes me so much is not only 2 and 16 but the average margin of defeat is 18.5 <laughs> really Woof. seven seven of those uh losses have been by 25 or more points so um in in conference games that's um well that that's that's pretty bad now uh obviously they can get this thing turned around but it is um there is a reason Tennessee fans are frustrated, and I don't blame them. This has been – Jeremy Pruitt's inheriting some of this, right? Right. But still, this has been a long drought for a program that has had a lot of great tradition. No doubt. You expect more. And I haven't gone through all of the SEC teams yet. I don't think the list – you don't need to go through many SEC teams to find anyone that's even in this ballpark. I was told that Arkansas is 1-17 in, in their last 18 SEC games – 
but look how everyone views Arkansas as the the worst team in the league. You know, put Tennessee in in that category, and that is that is just hard to digest for this for the fans of this program that has done so much winning through the years. Now, granted, lean years ever since the the end of the Fulmer era, but for for the exception of a couple years, but this stretch now is is the worst when you add all these years it is it is the worst we've seen yeah it, let me correct some too of the uh, 2 and 16 stretch nine of those 16 losses by 25 points or more it's under jeremy pruitt that six sec losses have been by 25 or more points so um it, i i was at, i was doing a radio show this morning from somebody out of georgia and he said what do you think fans would consider a success for this team right now I said, well, before the year was a bowl game. Right. Right now, it's four or five wins. I mean, <laughs> uh, and I and I, I I think I actually settled on five because at least you're it's showing you're going in the right direction. If you finish this year with two or three wins, you can't claim you're going in the right direction. And so, at least if you get to to five, you've beaten a couple of SEC teams along the way. But it, it's hard it's hard to say that anything. I mean, how would you say? Would would be successful here on out because they're not getting the bowl, right? No, I don't think so. So if they get to five, would they say? And I'm talking about from right now, not going back to the start of the year. From right now, would they say, okay, got it going in the right direction, feel better about the program? They'd have to win four more games, or do you think it's you think it's bowl game or dissatisfaction? Period. I think we've already tossed successful into the garbage can and the cleaning people have already come and taken that bad boy to the dumpster and it's been squashed and moved on. I don't I wasn't getting that option. <laughs> I, I I five wins, Jimmy, you're right. They would have had to at least shown some sort of progress within this year. But I don't know that anyone is going to when they take a step back is going to look at it as Hey, we're going in the right direction because that still falls short of what they expected going into this year, second year under a head coach. I know, and, that, and I'm, I'm having. To, I was told to delete that part. Okay, uh, they're one and three. So what the so if you do win five, that means you're three and five in the SEC. So at least you can say, okay, well, I can see some progress. Let's keep this coach. If you win two or three, you got a hard argument to say you want to keep your head coach. I yeah. think because you're not going in the right direction, and the danger there is that your recruiting class could implode. No doubt, and you could lose many, many millions of dollars when it's all said and done with home gate, and yeah. or or the look of having your stadium dominated by opposing fans, which could certainly happen in the second half on Saturday. And I've heard two things from Georgia: one, they're trying to do a red blackout, which is kind of hard to do if you're an opposing team. And Chip Towers said he heard they were just going to do like a red out, right? Instead of a red and black. That's but anyway, uh, you you don't if you're Tennessee or any team. Well, I'm going to exclude Vanderbilt. You don't want twenty twenty five thousand opposing fans in your stadium. No doubt. And look, Butch Jones had that right second half when the Georgia came in and blew Tennessee out. That was one where, yes, there was already criticism of Butch Jones at the time, but that sends it into another level. Now people are talking about you nationally even more and pushing that that narrative. Uh, it, it, it That can really complicate things even more. But, Jimmy, to your scenario of, of what's progress within this year, okay, say they beat Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and either South Carolina or Mississippi State. 
it shows life, but what if that doesn't impact your recruiting class? What if you have more departures in the program and now you're doing what Butch Jones is doing and talking about, well, we don't have any depth. Well, why is that? Well, because a bunch of kids are leaving the program. And, and this, the, then this starts to, this record starts to get replayed again. And it still is not a bowl game. I think in, in order for, for fans to feel better about it or to deem it a success, I think it's a bowl game. And I don't see that happening, but I think that's the only way that you could. Because then if they do that, Jimmy, now we're talking about maybe a significant win against somebody that you don't expect or maybe playing some of those better teams at Georgia and Alabama is tough and then beating you know everybody else you, you think you might have a shot at. That you start to accumulate the wins. I think W's are the only way to enough of them to get to them to a bowl game, or the only way fans are going to feel like okay, bad start, but we're back on track. Just four, so four or five four, wins. Four and four doesn't get it the rest of the year for no. you from the fans' perspective. I, I don't think so. Maybe okay. maybe there's some of their optimistic and and we'll look at it positively, but I, I think some. that would still fall short. So, well, it's never you know it's all over the place with the, with the fan base. <laughs> Some think they they have a shot against Georgia, and others others won't give them a chance to score points. So you're all over the place. <laughs> Let's get a call from Shadab. Shadab, you're on Sports Talk. Hello. Hey guys, how are you? Fine, and you? Good, Coach Coach Philip uh, Fulmer. He was a he he him and Chavis and. Cutcliffe had a bunch of wins. We we won the the the, fir, the first uh, uh, national championship in the in the B E B S B E S. And he doesn't know how to coach, not not coach, but hire the right t- type of. Of coach, he. I mean, think of, think about all the all the success he yeah, he he had because David Cutchcliffe and and I call him Chief. Yeah. Because those 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 were people that that we all knew, knew they were winners. But if we keep taking a bunch of L's and big, I mean, the the the. The the uh, quarterback, I mean, he gets a a, cla- a a sack, and he hangs. I mean, I don't know if he's hanging his head on on play, playing for but Butch Jones again, or or what what the deal is over there. But what we're what we're getting at is, look, we have people that have tasted with winning. Winning the SEC, winning the national championship, but we have to get real winners in in charge over there, and that's all. And the last thing that I want to say is the NCAA is a a farm. It's a farm system for the NFL, and we have to change that a little bit, or tweak it, or do whatever. Things that we have to do to get this shit, uh, make this ship 
sale again. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Shadab, appreciate it. Why, sure. There's no doubt about it that the ranks of college football provide the line, I mean, vast majority of NFL talent. But, Vince, it's not as though there's any kind of agreement. And the only thing is the NFL gets to set the parameters as to what you must have as an individual. You've got to be three years out of high school. They, they can set what you must meet in terms of prerequisites to be eligible for the draft or play for an NFL team. But uh, there's the chances are so remote. I think it was out of 10,000 high school football players, nine will play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And now the numbers are a little bit better when you get to college because you've made it to that next level, but still, it's very remote. Uh, it's so rare that you would see, while we have seen some programs consistently hit nine, ten, or more individuals that do get drafted or go on with either members of a draft class and free agents, it's still a long shot that you can say that it is that the college football that college football is a feeder program for the NFL. Their talent comes from the college ranks, but it's not like specific schools have these farm system kind of setups. No, I agree with you. I think that's the thing is we talk so much about the players that do go from college to the NFL, the higher profile, and even from college basketball to the NBA. But there are so many other thousands of student college student-athletes that would have an opportunity to make a little bit of money and maybe help pay some some bills or help their parents and uh you know just take advantage of their name and likeness that we got to look at the big picture not just the few in, in at the top that are so much focused on it's kind of like the one and done rule you know how in the grand scheme of things how much does that really impact the total number of kids that we're talking about mm-hmm. very small percentage so you, it's easy to lose sight on that. It's about all student-athletes, not just the ones that are headed to the NFL. And, Jimmy, as far as Coach Fulmer and what he's done hiring coaches, obviously the jury is out on Jeremy Pruitt. But at the same time, I think he's made a very good hire in Eve Rackham. Uh, I think he's made a very good hire in Brennan Webb. And, and so you look at the coaches that he has hired since becoming Tennessee's athletics director, and I think right now his success rate Pretty good. There are people that say that Fulmer should be attached at the hip to Pruitt. If Pruitt fails and you have to fire him, you should fire Fulmer. From the Fulmer camp, you would say, look, when I took over the search, there weren't that many fish in the pond, right? Mm-hmm. And they had Tennessee had already gone through five or six candidates. Now, I don't know if Fulmer would have had his eye on somebody else, but by the time he came aboard, there were three defensive coordinators that were in the hunt, and it was a defensive coordinator at Auburn. Georgia and Alabama, and he hired the one from Alabama. So his argument might be, look, that's not a fair shake to me because I didn't have an opportunity to start from scratch on this search. It'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. But If that's the path you wind up on. Yeah, if, yeah. if that's the path. And, and certainly I think Pruitt has to give you reason to want to keep him. And I've heard the narrative, you can't keep firing coaches. That's true. But tell me which coach was fired that didn't deserve to be fired. Right. So you just have to get the right guy. And, again, I think the jury's still out on Pruitt, but he needs to give you reason to keep him. That's Jimmy Himes with Vince Ferrara. I'm John Wilkerson. Stick with us. Stick 656-9900. 656-9900 puts you on Sports Talk on 99.1, the sports animal. 
Not so much our job as it is our obsession. 99.1, the sports animal. Sports Talk continues. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, 656-9900 is how you join us. 656-9900. It's Jim who's next. Hello, Jim. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. You know, I just want to, uh, before I get to my comment on the the California law, when I was listening to uh, uh, your guys' conversation about Arkansas, uh, ironically, when I watched a lot of that Arkansas against Texas A&M on Saturday, Arkansas sure didn't look to me <laughs> to be the worst team in the SEC, and which only left one team <laughs> yeah. for me to think of that might have been, and that was Tennessee. But Arkansas really played a heck of a game. Now, that, that doesn't mean that Arkansas solved all its problems, but I thought they played a heck of a game uh, against Texas A&M. With their, sure did. Yeah, with their backup quarterback, the Starker got hurt, and they had to go back to Hicks, who started the season as a starter. After yeah. last week losing and, and being embarrassed at home by San Jose State. So, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. impressive. Uh, maybe that's why Texas A&M, maybe they took them too lightly. Um, you know, the California law, the, the first thing I always think of, and, and all of these points you guys ha- have made, the unintended consequences are always there. No matter what rule or no matter what changes in college athletics, there's always some unintended consequences that happen either immediately or, 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 or down the road that throws monkey wrenches in the situation. The thing that is really scary about one state and now several states having this uh, on their docket to take up is having a hodgepodge uh, of of different municipalities or states going going doing their own thing, and and if you think the NCAA has problems trying to control the sport when it's one rule across the country, now you've got potentially this stuff of uh, individual states coming up with their own thing. I, I do worry anytime money is involved in college athletics, uh, the potential to pay athletes uh, for whatever reason, boy, the, the unscrupulous potential of the sport just comes out. Uh, there are unscrupulous people that are always trying to do things under the table, and that is that is just scary. Uh, one of you guys was talking about uh dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and boy, nothing could be more true if if this thing will ever work, that the NCAA, along with the, the state legislatures as a whole or the federal government, are going to have to do something uniform. Because if, if you don't, it's just going to be a bigger mess than what it may turn out to be. And just let me ask you guys this question. Uh, I hear a lot about, you know, we're, we want to pay the people, pay the guys and, or gals, and I'm not saying we should not, but today we have a lot of kids that are graduating in tremendous debt, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands in college debt. Do you think the value of the college education gets not enough attention today, uh, is getting short shrift, so to speak, that of how valuable that is and is just kind of set aside, not even thought about anymore. I, I do wonder I do. about that. I it's do. a valuable commodity. 
Look, you can some schools at sixty thousand dollars a year for a scholarship. Yeah. Multiply that t- in some situations by five. That's a lot of money. Uh, so I don't think there's enough value given to that. Having two girls that went to college and having debt for that, yeah. Now, on the flip side of that, I do like the cost of attendance. And, in fact, I would like to see them raise cost of attendance for these athletes to help them out a little bit there. I don't think that opens a can of worms. I think some of the other proposals do. Vince, I, we haven't heard your – I haven't heard your – take on this or you do you think they should get paid do you like the california law what what where are you on this one well i'm for that the name and likeness i i I think it is a good thing and look jim to your point it for yes right now if california and supposedly i think florida is now looking into it or taking steps towards it. south carolina was looking into it, it it right now it's all over the place so now it's on the lap of the ncaa to get out in front of this and come up with a plan that will either be uniform or something that they feel like they can manage to some degree and have it be as fair as possible. And maybe they have their hands in it in some form or fashion because obviously money is, is always a big factor in, in this. There is an NCAA committee that was formed at least back to April. They have been studying this since then. So I know that they're in a four-month or so study, five months of study. And I think this month they're supposed to come out with their initial findings of their study. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what that is. But uh, th- th- and that, we hadn't heard a whole lot about that. I'm aware of it because it came out at the spring meetings. Well, Mark Emmer needs to have more urgency than the NCAA typically does in big issues because this is a big deal. They can't just do their quarterly meetings and say, oh, well, we'll, 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 we'll pick this up next time. But this it won't be enacted for four <laughs> years. <laughs> I mean, they still got four years before it goes in for California. For California. Right. California. California. Yeah, because right. Florida is talking about as soon as 2020. Yeah. But we're talking about probably pretty significant change on, on how college athletics work. So you're going to need those years to lay everything out and and figure something out. If they don't, then yeah, you could, you know, this could have a trickle down effect to basically, in you know, either either diminish the NCAA's role or it could spell the end for them at some point. That's way down the road, but the NCAA has to has to respond. And you know, they they've put out the you know their their narratives about. Oh well, you know the what about the other the the Olympic athletes and all that kind of stuff. This isn't a pay players issue. This is a name and likeness issue, which gives the opportunity to players that they that have a market for it to be able to make some extra money. So it's not mandatory that everybody has to get a cut of of the pie. That's a that's a different conversation altogether. That's not where this is going. So. I'm okay with the market determining some kids that are feel like they're not getting a piece of the billions that are out there and getting some to help them out. That's Vince Ferrara with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. Jim, thank you for the call. We'll get a break and be back with more. This is Sports Talk. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, 656-9900 is how you join us, 656-9900. It's Roger who's next. Hello, Roger. 
well, hey, 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 Don Jimmy and Vince, uh, how y'all doing? Doing well. How are you? Good, Roger. Good I'm to hear from fine, you. Doing fine. Doing fine. You too. Good to hear from you, Vince. Uh, uh, it's been a while since I talked to you. It's one to uh, ask you, Vince. Uh, John Jimmy, that's why I ask you about about Vance, about, about the situation to see. It's one to ask you, Vance. Uh, uh, now, um, first, I just want to ask you, Vance, is that uh, I know this time weekend play play Georgia here. How much want to ask you? I know everybody's been talking about the situation, but but prudent thing. I just want to ask you about the game. Uh, it's important. To, I just want to ask you what what you think, fans. You think. Um, for uh, for uh, the game, sorry, uh, not uh, Georgia here. I uh, know we not put to win, but but if we compete with uh, Vance, I just want to ask you, what can we do to help it win, Vance? But uh, if we can compete, uh, what do you think we can do? Uh, what can we do to, to compete? So fans, uh, I know I know you're off a week, so I just want to ask you, Vance, about that. Is uh, if we compete well, what can we do? If we put, what can we do to get to compete? You know, to win. You know, what I'm saying Vance for the, you know. I do, Roger, and I think there it, it wouldn't guarantee too much moving forward but i i think if tennessee doesn't get blown out by georgia and can keep the game close i think even though it looks bad at one and four i think that that can garner some fans some hope moving forward against mississippi state because this is an elite team in georgia and so how do they do that roger yeah I, i think a big part of that is finding a way to run the football for a couple reasons. Now they right. haven't done it, and I'm not predicting right. they're going right. to do it. Let me just be clear yeah. on that. But if they can find a way to run the football, run clock, and keep Georgia's defense on the field and give them an opportunity for some play action and maybe bust a, a, a long pass play here and there because the run game is going, I, I think that could give them a chance. There's a lot of other things that that would need to fall into place. They need Georgia to be completely overlooking Tennessee, and you know Tennessee would have to win the turnover margin and have a lot of things help them in this game. Daryl Taylor playing like he was so, supposed to, like he did it, last year against Georgia. Yes. Exactly. I mean, we, yeah. we talked uh. we talked about you know what was it a was it another SEC coach Jimmy when you do the preseason publications that said that maybe this maybe you can have like a Josh Allen type of impact senior year because it's a contract sort of year for him it was actually an agent that told me that okay an agent an agent said that there are some scouts the NFL folks are saying he could be like Josh Allen have a breakout year mm-hmm. uh it needs wow. to start yeah soon absolutely so cuz that could open up yeah. if he's if he's a a force and now Georgia has to slide protections, and maybe that can open some things up. He's very good at the strip sack. When he gets there, he did it against Georgia and Fromm last year. So maybe you can yeah. get a cheap score, take away a possession, something like that. So Taylor needs to be big on defense. But I, I, I think it starts, not the only thing, but it starts with them having a better running game than we've seen all year. It would be surprising but I, uh, I think I think that would at least give them some sort of shot, Roger. I got you. And uh, and as far as the situation about Pruitt, about about everybody saying that uh, about but you said about, about everything about, about him. As far as why I ask you, what can he do? To turn I don't know he can do it. And I hope he can turn around. I'm hoping he can do it, Vince. I want to ask you, what can he, what 
pretty to do the uh, I know that everybody's saying but but everything but, but everything but the whole team that's what I want to ask you is what can what can Pruitt do anything for uh, 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 turns around Vance for for his everything about uh, you know the whole situation uh, the whole situation for him what what can he, what can he do do you what do you think he needs to do to, to turn around you think you think like like for so fans he can to show fans that he can do it, you know. So I hope you know what I'm saying, for fans, for you know. Yeah, uh, you know. I, I think, Roger, the, the biggest thing is just the end result. He's got to find a way to get his team yeah. to believe in what they're – continue to believe in what they're doing and rally and put a great performance together to win a game that they're not supposed to. And I think that would change the narrative around Jeremy Pruitt and maybe slow down a little bit of the negative recruiting and all that. But there's a lot of things that that need to be better. This team still makes a ton of mistakes, and they they need much better quarterback plays. Got to make the right decision there on Saturday. Right. So I, just so many little things lead to what the answer to your question is: is he's just got to get a win, a meaningful win in SEC play to start, and then build off of that. And so easier said than done. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's kind of the best way to summarize your, your question, Roger. Right. And, and also, Vance, uh, about but, uh, but Tano, uh, Vance, uh, do you think, uh, Jimmy, uh, I could tell you uh, earlier, uh, one uh, not long ago, uh, soon, uh, about, about Tano, I was surprised by him. But uh, you think that, uh, I, I'm hoping he can do better, Vance. I just wanted to ask you, think that, you think that some of the problem is is he's confused a lot, Chaney, with the uh, – I know Chaney's offense is not too uh, – I mean, uh, for his uh, – I know that he can be a – I'm not sure what that's a problem or not, but you think that's a problem? Maybe that he he still learn how to. I know he should, I know it's four games of the season, but uh, but but you, man, you think the problem? You think that's what's going on? He he's confused with the with, with, with trying, trying to he's trying to learn how to do change offense. I think it's I think it might be a problem. Maybe 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 what's going on? Tano, Roger, appreciate the phone call. Uh, it's it's an interesting question. I think we talked about it somewhat, Jimmy. It, it it's Jim Cheney. And this offense, this offensive staff has given uh, Jared Garantano more leeway to be able to get them in the right plays that that he deems necessary with audibles, uh, being able to get them in the right protections, things like that. Those don't always haven't been the right changes, and I th- I think there is a chance that yes, all that extra responsibility is tying up him physically to where he's not cutting it loose, he's thinking too much, perhaps. I I don't know how much you can simplify things to get better results, Jimmy. Where where where's your theory on why Garantano hasn't taken the step that a lot of us expected him to? I think there's been a disconnect between Cheney and Garantano. I also think that Garantano probably has been given too much. I agree. I think he's probably been tied up thinking too much. Where are the fade routes? That's one of the best passes he throws. Why mm-hmm. hasn't Tennessee thrown them like they did against Auburn? Now you need man coverage a lot of times to do that. But I think though I think you could probably try to simplify reads. Maybe they've asked him to try to read too much. Mm-hmm. But if they have, it's interesting because he stares down receivers. Right. And so I, I just I think there's been a disconnect in what they're trying to get him to do. I would try to make it simple, have him throw the easiest passes he can. 
and I'll dang sure not throw those lateral passes. Yeah, I'm not throwing those anymore. They should have learned their lesson by now. But I, I think the fade route's one of the best routes he throws, and I haven't seen much of that. Nope, especially in the red zone. That's where you want to utilize your big receivers. Why not? Pruitt did mention this week they want to try to get the ball in the hands of some of their playmakers more. He mentioned that Jennings has been the, the guy that's gotten the most targets. Maybe find a way to get the, the ball to Callaway. Palmer was a guy that was, some people thought would have a breakout year this year. He has not been much of a factor. Um, I think Jared Garantano plays the quarterback position reactionary as opposed to a guy that puts pressure on defenses. You see the best quarterbacks in the country, they are in total control, and they're the ones dictating to the defense. I think Jared Garantano has played the quarterback position sort of trying to survive what's going on and respond to what the defense gives him. Was he coached up that way? Is it hard for him to change that what line of thinking? I just think you need an alpha at that position, and he can talk about leadership, uh, and he has. I, I, the, the best quarterbacks, even guys that don't have the, the best maybe arm talent. Remember Connor Shaw at South Carolina. That kid was so tough. He was in control of his football team. They followed him. And he he made things happen, even though he didn't have the height, he didn't have the arm strength, he made things happen. You need that kind of personality at the position. Does that mean that Tennessee has one? Maurer had some energy. We don't know about Shrout, but it, I don't know that that's going to change in, in, in Jarrett at this point. It's unfortunate because he's a great kid that puts in a lot of work. I think he means well. Uh, it it just hasn't happened for them to be a difference maker and impacting everyone else. And one other little thing on the running game, Tennessee has two rushing touchdowns by running backs this year. They, they have a third rushing touchdown is Brian Maurer in the UTC game. Georgia has not allowed a rushing touchdown all year. So, again, not saying Tennessee is going to have success running the football, but I think if they can change that, that can help them towards keeping it close. That's Vince Farrar with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. A final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk is next. Making average people feel more attractive since 1876. From the Budweiser Studios of Cumulus Broadcasting, this is Sports Radio WNML. out our number two of sports talk with jimmy himes i'm john wilkerson vince ferrara sitting in with us and let's get a quick call from Stu. you're on sports talk hello Stu. Stu, are you with us let me put that back on hold Stu, are you hey, with us hey guys hi how are you i'm here are you hey i'm doing fine hey jimmy i'm getting a little older my hearing is getting bad do i need to get hearing aids or did i really hear our delusional head coach say that this team was a hundred times better than last year's team. Coach Pruitt said is that Tennessee is a hundred times better than it was at this time a year ago. It was an interesting comment to say the least. Uh, this is a team that lost to Georgia State. Uh, I, I don't think that did him any good to say that. There's no evidence that this team is better. Now he may be talking about the culture's better. Maybe they got rid of some bad apples. Uh, maybe he thinks the work ethic's better, the practice is better. On the field, there's no way you can make that statement. Well, I agree, and I'm glad you let me know now I don't have to go buy hearing aids. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. 
Yes, sir, Stu. Stu. Thank you very much. Vince, what's going on these days? What can folks find by making a everyday visit to sportsradiownml.com? A ton of content, and you can go to the blog section, and you can get blogs from myself, Jimmy Himes, Joe Silverberg, uh, many others on our staff. Uh, Brian Rice puts up all the picks from the Eric Gaines show each week that, that they do on the show. Uh, so tons, and in, in including the article that you, we talked about at the start of the show, my last blog, Inside the Numbers on UT's last 18 SEC games, Jeremy Pruitt and Jared Garantano. There's some astounding numbers in there. And again, it's not about a pile on. It's just pointing back to that 2016 regular season finale against Vandy where things have gone south since then and just putting it into perspective from a number standpoint. You can see Garantano's numbers, Pruitt's numbers, all that uh, for you. So uh, Tennessee needs to find the pylon. Yeah. <laughs> Not a pylon, but they need to find the pylon. That's a, a great point. Maybe the fade in the yeah. back pylon, right? <laughs> so Any pylon. Uh, all the <laughs> the ones that they're going towards, not the not their own. But you can get all the videos, uh, interviews from today. Number of really good players. Great to hear from Warren Burrell today. Uh, Henry Toto always enjoy visits with him and, and others. So you can get all those videos. You get the audio and spend a lot of time in the show section. It, it'll you'll find all of our shows in there. Uh, specialty shows, the regular shows, the podcast uh, widgets are there so you can get all the audio. So just an, an incredible amount of content on a daily basis. SportsRadioWNML.com and follow us on all our social media accounts as well. Yeah, week seven, high school football. Mm-hmm. You've got the Battle of Black Oak Ridge, Central at Hall. That's right. Uh, Bryson Rosser talked to him earlier today and look forward to chatting with Coach Cummings. Has uh, done an, an unbelievable job. Good to have him back He's at Halls High School, so two very good teams, great venue, and uh, lot on the line. That trophy will be in the end zone. Who will make the beeline to go get it after the game is over? We'll find out. So proud of our high school football coverage. We've had a, a lot of fun with it and hope we have a good game. We did have a great game last Friday night with Maryville and Farragut. And, uh, and you also will be a part of TV Thursday night. That's right. Heather Harrington and myself will uh, we'll do it big, preview uh, NFL and everything coming up with the Vols in Georgia as well. Vince, always appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. That's Vince Ferrara. Follow Vince's views and Vincenzo's views with the podcast. It's all right there at sportsradiownml.com. Up next, Jimmy, we've uh, certainly enjoyed Saturdays in the South. Somebody who talked a lot about the early history of football in the South, especially in the areas that make up the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Dr. Andy Doyle, Associate Professor of History at Winthrop University, will join us next. Look forward to that, and I've really enjoyed the series, and I've really enjoyed his commentary as well. So that's next to start our number three of Sports Talk.